0: Well, it is good to be back with you all. I'm Pastor Megan. I go with Pastor Larry, the goofball that was up here earlier, if you've forgotten us. Um, it was really good to be on vacation. Thank you all for letting us uh, leave for a little bit. We celebrated Thanksgiving with my family in Memphis for the first time in seven years. And we also celebrated my grandma's 90th birthday. And we also celebrated my brother's wedding. So a lot of people, it was so great, so much to do. So we did the total opposite the second week, and we disappeared into the mountains where your cell phone doesn't work. That is the most bizarre thing, to be completely unavailable, and I have to say I really liked it. Um, But I did have twinges of guilt every once in a while, wondering if anybody was having a hard time getting a hold of me. Um, so I'm sorry if that was the case. If you emailed, at least you got an out of office. But if you called or texted, you had no idea why I wasn't calling you back. And has anybody ever gotten super frustrated about not being able to get a hold of someone calling over and over, never hearing back? Okay, don't say if that was me. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Our story today is about a group of people and about one couple in particular who prayed for many, many years without knowing whether or not their prayer was getting through. And so this story is about them, it's about me, and I would dare to say that it's also about you. It's for any of us who have ever asked, do you hear me? And so before we even get started this morning, I want to invite you to begin to think, what is something that you have prayed for for a long time that you have not gotten an answer for? Or if you're not someone who talks to God, then what's something in your life that you have long wanted to see change? So go ahead and think about that before we start. Well, let me tell you about what uh, the group of people in our story were waiting for and talking to God about. There was a whole group of people in the main Jewish city, Jerusalem, 2,000 years ago, and they had long been waiting for Christmas, not for like Santa and presents like we wait for Christmas. They'd been waiting for this promised day when a deliverer would come and would save them from their sin and from their enemies. The problem was, God had been silent for 400 years. No one had heard God speak. And so for Christmas, this group of people, they were waiting for God to speak, and they were waiting for a deliverer. And then the story picks up in Luke's gospel, and we we are introduced right away to a couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Zechariah and Elizabeth were living in Jerusalem. They were from a really good family. They were both descendants of Aaron, who was uh, the first priest of the people. And they were really good people. And actually, Luke says that they were upright and blameless. And so they weren't just good people. They were like as good as it gets in God's eyes. And Luke drops a bomb about them in Luke chapter 1, verse 7. He says, but... But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. So our Christmas story has a, has a whole group of people waiting for a deliver, and it has this one couple waiting for a child. And we're asking as we come to the story, what are we waiting for? So our story opens on Zechariah, and it's his once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to pray in what's called the most holy place. This is a part of the temple, and he has—because he's a priest, he has this one opportunity to go in and to light incense right before this massive curtain that's the only thing that separates people from God's presence. But remember, God has been gone for 400 years. And so he's going to come into this fragrant, smoky incense, and he's going to talk to God. Well, what do you think he's going to talk about? Well, he's on assignment as a priest, so he's definitely going to pray for all the needs of this people. So he's going to pray for the deliverer. He's going to pray for God to speak, because that's his job. But don't you think he's going to take this one opportunity to be in the holiest place to pray for the one thing he has wanted his whole life. So let's open the story and read it. We're in Luke chapter 1, verse 10. And you're going to want to keep it open because we're going to be going back to it a couple times. So let's start. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And then... An angel of the Lord appeared to him, that's to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Say this phrase with me. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for appearing. Thank you for messages that say your prayer has been heard. Would we hear from you this morning? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So can you picture this moment with me? We have Zechariah kneeling in the incense. And he is totally startled, understandably afraid by this angel's appearance. And astounded all the more by God's answer to his prayer. Finally, your prayer has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. After 400 years of silence, God's first message is just for Zechariah. He's promised him a son, and a good son, too. A joy and a delight, greatness, even filled with the Holy Spirit. God, who has been gone for 400 years, is now going to dwell in this baby for his whole life. Can you imagine? What a Christmas present. If you think about that thing that I asked you to think about what you're waiting for. What if an angel were to appear to you and say, this is God's purpose for what you've been waiting for. Wouldn't that be just amazing? When I first sat down and was inspired to write this sermon, it was because I was reading this story back in October. And I was sitting at my desk and my face just lit up thinking about how stunned Zechariah would be with such a joyful message, such a joyful announcement. But that night I had spent the whole night crying. Larry and I are very familiar with Zechariah's prayer. I've been fairly quiet about living with a diagnosis of infertile for three years, But it's been seven years of not getting pregnant. I didn't realize it would be this hard to say out loud. So I've been desperate. And every month feels like a new layer of desperation. I know what it's like to take to God just that one, just that one thing. I've known what it is to see friends move into a stage of life that I'm excluded from. And praise be to God, I do not know the experience of 400 years of God's silence. He has been speaking to me all along. The more I've withdrawn socially in my grief, the more I've drawn closer to God in his word. And I have to tell you, I have been more transformed in the last 12 months of hearing truth from him than I have in my whole life. God's even been speaking to us um, in words and showing us visions of promise for children. But on this one particular issue, the my one hope for a child, God has been silent, and I have remained barren. Do you all remember our friends from Daniel this summer? Do you remember the friends who said, um, our God is able to rescue us from this fire, but even if he does not, we will not bow down and worship this statue? And we saw God coming to be with them in the fire? Well, I'm here to testify that God has been with me in my fire. God hears me, and God is good. And the most powerful moment that I knew that... And the last year was the week after I preached that sermon. I was having a really particularly difficult medical day. But I, I knew, I had just preached multiple times, that God is with us in our fire. And I tell you what, I knew it that day. I knew he was with me. And I my face was so full of smiles and I was so joyful that one of the medical people that I see all the time said, Megan, what is different about you? Something's different. Something's changed. And I said, Actually, something has. Can I tell you this story? There was this guy named Daniel, and I told her the story. It was amazing that God would open up opportunities for me to share that God is with me, and I still want a baby. Thank you. You feel me? So I, I feel like I can't help but have a lot of my prayer life sound a lot like Psalm 130, something I've really committed to heart. The psalmist says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ear be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Mercy. I know God is with me. I know he's in the fire, and I'm still crying out, Do you hear me? It's the cry of the desperate place. And so I can imagine what it's like to be Zechariah, an old man, my seven years of infertility times probably ten. Wailing out right before God's presence, before the God who has been silent. And saying, Lord, do you hear me on this one thing I'm asking for? I know God hears, I know he's good, I know I'm being changed, and I know I want this one circumstance to change. And learning that God doesn't move heaven and earth just for that that one thing that I want. God moves heaven and earth for the one thing I want and for purposes that are so much bigger than I could ever imagine. I want you to see how God answers the prayer of this wannabe dad in Zechariah in such a bigger way than he could have ever imagined. And so come back with me to the story of Zechariah and the people of the Israelites and see what a bigger and epic kingdom story that God is writing in their longing and in their waiting The angel has just told Zechariah that he's going to have a son named John who will always know the presence of God. And then we hear this in verse 16. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John is the answer to Zechariah's prayer, and he's the beginning of God's answer for all the prayers of the people who've gone before him. Because John is going to prepare the way for the deliverer that they've been asking for one of our professors in seminary encouraged us to read this story and to see how God takes the personal prayers of Zechariah and weaves them into the tapestry of the kingdom. See, I'm reading into this a little bit, but my guess is that Zechariah came and he started praying what he needed to pray for, to pray that God would speak and to send a deliverer. But then he prayed for what he needed to pray for, for a son And I know that because when the angel speaks to him, God's first message is, yes, yes, a son. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and he will be a delight to you. That's God's first answer. And then God answers. And your son is going to prepare the way for the deliverer that you're also asking for. See, Zechariah and Elizabeth they get their story woven into the bigger picture of the kingdom that God is working together. Because the bigger prayer, the truly impossible prayer, was for the people to pray for God to make a way for his people to come back into relationship with him. Because he's a holy God. And he had to leave his temple for 400 years because his people were so disobedient The wickedness of the people and the flagrant misuse of wealth, the injustice that was happening, God could not be anywhere near that. And so the impossible prayer was, could it be possible that there would be a sacrifice that could justify a holy God being in the presence of such sinful people? And God answers that prayer, and he says, yes, yes, a son, my son. My son will be the anointed one, the Messiah. My son will be Christ, the crucified one. My son will be available to you to turn the hearts of a wayward and disobedient people back to their father. The only Christmas the present that the world ever needed was Jesus. And he came in answer to the prayers of his people. And then Zechariah, this wannabe dad, he gets to be a part of that story. For the angel promises that the son John is going to prepare the way for the people to come. And that's when we know that Elizabeth and Zechariah's wait was not in vain The years that they spent being excluded and passed over and counting month to month. Those years developed within them prayers that came back to God that were prayers of his own design. And those years got woven into the eternal tapestry of the kingdom. Because the real answer to the Christmas desires of your heart Is eternity. Eternity. It's not just eternity way out there. God has made eternity available to us in the person of Jesus. Remember when Jesus left and he sent his spirit to us. He said, I will always be with you. We've been studying all fall about how the kingdom of heaven is available to you. It is at hand. It is in your midst. God has made eternity available to you by the presence of Jesus. And so I, the desperate, want to be mom. And you, the desperate, want to be well. Or the desperate, want to just have that one member of the family back for Christmas. Or the desperate, want to have presents under your tree. Or the desperate, want to be married. We, the desperate, get to cry out and say, God, do you hear me? And then we get to hear, yes, yes, I hear you. The Christmas story tells us that. Baby John says, God hears our personal prayers. Jesus in the manger says, I hear the prayers of all the people. And the answer to your prayers is, here I am. I am with you. I will never leave you. I'm in the fire with you. Our God hears And he is good. These stories don't say that the circumstances are good. They don't say that the answer is coming when and how we want it. And so for those of us who still ask, well, when, God? I want you to hear the last words of the angel to Zechariah in verse 20. The angel says, My words will come true in their proper time. What's the proper time? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that even if our circumstances don't change, eternity is the answer to our prayers. Again, not just eternity way out in some time that I can't comprehend. Eternity is the answer to you now. The presence of Jesus here with you now is the answer to your waiting. It's not a cop-out. It's a real thing. And I, and I will say, I think the problem is, because I'm saying the pro, this is the problem with me, and so I dare say this is the problem with you, is that we think it's all about that one thing that we want So I I come to whether or not everything is okay and good and God hears based on whether or not I get a baby. And I tell you what, if you stay in that frame of mind, whether or not you getting what you want determines whether or not God is real, whether or not he hears, and whether or not he is good, you are on the wrong track. That is not our God. And that is not our kingdom reality. This is kingdom reality. This is the truth of the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen it in the person of Jesus. The true story says even when life is hard, God hears and God is good. And I'm telling you, I am more sure the longer that I wait... That God is not just answering my personal prayers for a baby. God is answering my prayer to be a part of his kingdom. To see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And just like he's answering my personal prayers, he's answering your prayers. And he is weaving them into the eternal tapestry of the kingdom. And so we wait for the proper time. And we expect God to hear and answer our prayers. And we are transformed. We cannot possibly be left unchanged as we trust God. As we trust in his goodness. As we trust in his love for us. Even as he doesn't give us what we want. So what do you want for Christmas? Would you lift up your eyes and see the epic kingdom story that God is writing as he weaves all of this together? Don't be single-track minded. Know and wait expectantly and see how our good God is weaving together your story with the eternal story of the kingdom. I am so sure that God hears me. And I am so sure that he hears you. And I'm so sure that he is good. And because he's good, we can trust him. And so I have a little, um, I have an exercise for us as a people this Advent season. I'm so sure that God hears me and that he hears us as a people. I want us to be a people of prayer together. And so I want us to create an old school paper chain. (laughs) Come on, who doesn't love these? So you have two slips of paper in your bulletin, a red and a green strip. Go ahead and pull those out. I'm gonna go ahead and say that you do not need to write your name on the strip of paper, okay? Can if you want, you don't need to. But what I want you to do is on the green strip, I want you to write very specifically ways that you know God has answered prayers that you've waited for. Be as specific as you can. Job titles, um baby names. Ways that you pray that God answers. I want you to put that in green. And on the red, I want you to put the things that you are still waiting for. And again, be specific. What we're going to do with these is we're going to link them all together. And we're going to hang them in the prayer chapel until New Year's Eve. And I want to advise you as I advise myself to go and talk to God on behalf of the people in this congregation. And I'll just say, if you're in a really great emotional state, then pray for all the red ones, for those of us who cannot handle them right now. And if you're in a place like I am, go and read some green and be reminded that God hears and he is good. This is the God that we talk to. And so these amazing men here are going to lead us in some worship to give us some time to reflect on those things that we are waiting for. I learned there was a secret chord that gave and played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffle King. For those of you who are in a season of waiting, please don't wait alone. I haven't. I want to let you know about some people who are available here to talk with you if you want to do that. There are members of our prayer team who have been praying us through for years. And they're going to be here at the end of the service down front if you want to come and be prayed with. Come and let them pray with you. We also have lay counseling here. Um, I think that people who have a gift to listen and encourage are a gift from the Holy Spirit to the church. And I have utilized counseling in this season. And this is a free resource for you, trained members of this church who are lay counselors. And they're also going to be down front after the service with name tags on that say lay counselor. And I know it can be intimidating to come forward, so if you really don't feel like you can do that today, the prayer team meets every Monday at 6 o'clock. You can come and pray with them, or you can call the church office on Monday and get connected with a counselor. And then I need to ask a personal favor of you. I shared something with you really personal, and that's been really difficult to share. And, um,. I felt really compelled to share that while we are still in our season of waiting. I felt like God was begging me to do that. But it can, be, it can be really inauthentic to only hear followers of Jesus talk about their waiting or their pain when it's over and done with. And ours isn't. So God is still working on open wounds in us. And so I'm i'm speaking for me and larry and i'm going to say this tenderly but firmly you will cause us pain if you come to us with the happy ending to the story of infertility that you had or that somebody else in your life had so please don't do that and if you want to bring us ideas for how we might build a family I love you, but hear me out. It's been seven years. We've talked about it. So please don't bring those to us either. What you can do to encourage us is you can email or you can mail words of Scripture that were an encouragement to you in your own season of waiting. That would, um, that would be balm on my soul. I'd be happy to receive that. I also I had a picture yesterday as I was preparing to, um, to preach and was standing here, and I just began to wonder, what would it look like if 1,200 people left Chapel Hill today into Gig Harbor, like 10% of our population, with the boldness to speak words of hope, to speak that, that God hears and that he is good to the people in their life? Any of you who wrote anything on that green slip of paper, you have something in your life out of your experience that you can say God hears and he is good. And you also have this book, (laughs) The Truth. And so I want to ask you to rein in the energy that wants to run to me and Larry and instead run to the people in your life. Because you have people who are waiting, who need to hear your story. And so I'm even going to make this easy for you. I'm going to give you a conversation opener for when you're in the lobby or when you're at a Christmas party, nobody wants to talk about the Seahawks anymore or your ugly sweater. So get real with people, okay? And you can open and you can say to them, hey, I would really like to share with you about something I've waited for or something I'm waiting for. Can I share that with you? And I can tell you from personal experience that they will say yes. (laughs) And it will take your relationship to a whole nother place. When you speak out of the truth of what you know about what it is to wait, that is the story of God's people. So right after this service, uh, Larry and I are going to, we're going to go disappear. I'm sorry, I need to do that. But we're gonna pray for you. And we're gonna pray for those of you who are in waiting that you will have courage to to talk to someone, to let them pray with you, to let them hear your story. And we're gonna pray that you all would be as bold and vulnerable to share your pain and to share where you've been waiting. That's how you can experience eternity in your life. Let Jesus be with you where you are. He hears and he's good. And so we're going to want to invite you to take those slips and let them be representative of surrendering what you're waiting for to this body for prayer. As you walk out the doors or if you're in the balcony, come down to the staplers down here. And they're going to staple these into a big prayer chain. I've already read and prayed over several dozen from first service. And we're gonna hang these in the prayer chapel till New Year's Eve. So come back and talk to God on behalf of your brothers and sisters. He hears the prayers of his people. He hears our personal prayers and he is good. And because he is good, you can trust him and we can wait together for the proper time. So let's be in this Advent season together. I'm going to offer a benediction. I'm going to offer a different benediction than we normally do. But I want to extend words of hope to you. And so I'm going to use two scripture passages. And the second passage is the the end of that Psalm 130 that I've been praying. And those are the two verses that gave me the boldness to tell my story today. And I pray that they will be a benediction of courage on you. And so will you please stand and receive the Lord's benediction today. The Lord Jesus, our deliverer, he said to us, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So hear this, people of God. Hope in the Lord. For with him is steadfast love. And with the Lord is plentiful redemption. And he will forgive his people all their sin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen be at peace